this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It's wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. The scripture reading for this day comes from the book of James chapter 3, and I'm going to read from verse 2 to the end of verse 12. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by humankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and, when, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This is the end of the reading. Amen. Over the summer, we've been looking at a number of statements from the book of Proverbs. And as you know, or maybe you don't know, and that's okay, these are words written by one of the individuals in history who was considered to be an extremely wise man. His name was Solomon. And these are statements that people use and apply to life. A few moments ago, you heard me read from the book of James, and you might be thinking, well, David, uh, you're supposed to be speaking from Proverbs, if that's what you're telling us about. Why are you reading from the book of James? It's just to see how the New Testament is so closely intertwined with the Old Testament. And as we move along in a few moments, you will see how it is all really connected. But our words have tremendous power. In Proverbs, we read this statement, the tongue has the power of life and of death. Think about the words that you have spoken or words that maybe have been spoken to you. If someone speaks in a careless manner, a, a lot of damage can actually be done in one's life. You might crush the spirit of a young person. You might actually step on someone's dreams uh, sometimes when we speak words carelessly, it can cause resentment or anger to build up. And sometimes we say words that cause people to actually become somewhat afraid. 
But on the other hand, think about what happens when we speak the right words. Maybe a person will realize for the first time that they are valued. Now, sometimes our words are spoken in a way that gives people guidance and direction for life when they're wandering around and not really certain where they are going. And sometimes our words can bring hope into situations where people feel like, you know, just giving up. Our words have tremendous power. There are three things I would love to share with you this morning as we look at the book of Proverbs and at the statement from the book of James. The first thing is this. We should not be hasty in our speech. Proverbs 29, 20 has this amazing statement. Do you see a person who speaks in haste? Now look at this next part. There is more hope for a fool than that person. The writer of Proverbs is telling us that wise people don't speak too quickly because they realize that there can be a lot of miscommunication and misunderstanding in the way that we speak. I know I've had that many times that people have said, is this what you are saying or implying? And I have to say, no, let me try to rephrase this again so that we are clear in our speech. So I need to learn to weigh my words carefully so that I will not be misunderstood by the other person. So what do I need to do in my hasty speech? I need to ask God to give me wisdom. James chapter 1 and verse 5 says this, If anyone lacks wisdom, they should ask God who gives generously. And so maybe as you begin your day or as you're engaging in conversation with people, a very brief prayer could be this, Lord, grant me wisdom before I actually speak. There's a wonderful story in the Old Testament about the prophet Nehemiah. He was living in exile because the nation of Israel had been conquered by the Babylonians. And Nehemiah's task was to serve the king of Babylon. During the course of his exile, he hears that the beloved city, Jerusalem, is lying in ruins. And Nehemiah is heartbroken. He is devastated by the thought that this, this city that he loved is in rack and ruin. As Nehemiah <clears throat> comes in to serve the king, the king observes his countenance, and it's obvious that Nehemiah is rather sad, and sorrow has penetrated his heart. Nehemiah is afraid, because he was never to appear before the king with his countenance downcast. Now, that might seem strange in our culture because people let their emotions hang out in a variety of ways. But in that culture and in that day, you were never to appear before the king in a depressed state because it could be grounds for your own execution. 
a rather cruel culture in which these people lived. The king inquires, Nehemiah, what's wrong? In fact, he says this, these words, what do you want from me? Nehemiah is in a state of confusion. He doesn't know what to say. And then he prays a prayer to God. We don't know what the prayer is, but we know that the scripture says, I prayed to the God of heaven. And so in my own words, I would imagine the prayer was something like this. Oh God, help me. And God granted that request and he spoke to the king about the devastation of the city. And not only did the king grant him freedom to go back to the city to help to rebuild the walls, he provided him with a way of passage and an opportunity to get the supplies that he would need. So before he ever spoke, he asked God for help. So if the subject is sensitive, if you're facing conflict, if you want to learn to express deep concern and care for another, don't speak in haste. Take time to think about what you are going to say. So I've discovered that there are two ways to pray. The first one is, I can pray first and speak second. And so my prayer might be something like this. Oh God, help me to know what to say. The other way to pray is this. I speak first, then I pray second. And my prayer would be something like this. Oh God, why did I say that? So we need to realize don't speak in haste. The second thing we can discover about wise words that we can speak and powerful words that we can speak is that we need to speak words of wisdom. So at times, wisdom involves knowing when I am actually invited to speak and the situation that I'm speaking into, if I speak now or if I speak these words, Will it do harm or will it be helpful? There's an author I read years ago. His name was Joseph Bailey. And for many years, he wrote for a magazine called Christianity Today. But the one book I did read that he wrote about is called The Last Thing We Talk About. And the story is essentially his own journey through grief and bereavement. He had three of his children die. That seems almost impossible to comprehend. His one son was killed in the Vietnam War. A younger son was killed in a mountain climbing accident. And his third son, at five years of age, died of leukemia. And he writes about those tragic losses in his life. But one thing struck me in this writing. He said, at the death of his five-year-old, many people came to the visitation, and some people made all kinds of statements, and I'm sure you've heard some of them, if you've had to go to a visitation where someone has died, and you are a friend of the family, 
or you are somehow connected to them. Some of them would quote Bible passages such as, in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Others would say, you know, God must have had a purpose behind it. Now, Joseph Bailey knew all of those Bible verses, and he knew that theology. But what he said was most helpful was his friend who came and just sat with him in silence. And when Joseph Bailey needed to speak, his friend would speak. And if he didn't want to speak, his friend was simply there. In the Jewish religion, they have a tradition around death. And for seven days following the death of an individual, they sit what is called Shiva. And you go to the house and you just sit with the family. And if the family wants to speak, you speak. If the family doesn't want to speak, you just remain silent. But your presence is what is so important. So we need to know when is it appropriate to speak or not speak. There can be times when our words, if we speak, can actually engage us in conflict. There's this proverb which we read in Proverbs 26, 17, that says, Like a person or one who seizes a dog by the ears is like one who meddles in a quarrel that is not theirs. Now just think about that imagery. Imagine you're walking down the street and you see a dog and you don't know this dog. And you come up to it and you grab that dog by the ears. That dog is going to engage you very quickly and you'll likely get bit. So what the author is saying is that people who meddle in the affairs of others or get involved in a quarrel, it's not the smartest thing to do. It's like grabbing a dog by the ears. So what do we do when we're in conversation and there is conflict? Well, Proverbs 15.1 gives us the answer. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Just like that train blowing its whistle in the background is the grating sound of harsh words. We often get involved in situations that just escalate more and more. Have you ever been involved in a conversation where the anger starts to get out of control? The Bible says, use a soft answer. Now that doesn't mean I have to agree with you. And it doesn't mean that you might not get upset. We need to be truth tellers and that takes courage. But I've noticed that when a person gets amped up, when they start shouting, when they start name calling, the natural reflex on my part is just to respond in kind. But what does James tell us? He tells us in James chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, these words, The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider the great forest set on fire by a small spark. And the tongue also is a fire. That imagery 
remains with us, that there is a little part of our human body, the tongue, and the words that we speak can cause a fire that can destroy a whole forest. Think of the lives destroyed by words spoken in conflict. I was reading in uh, the news feed a while ago about a conflict in Florida. Now in Florida, they have a law called stand your ground. And I believe it's in six to seven other states that if you feel threatened and your life is in danger, you have the right to stand your ground using even deadly force. In 2018 in Florida, two men were in an argument over a parking space. Ever found yourself in that kind of a scenario? You might not get into a shouting match, but you might honk your horn if someone drives in ahead of you. Well, the two men got out, and one man shoved the other man and knocked him to the ground. The man who fell to the ground responded. He pulled out a gun, and he shot his opponent, and he died. And because of stand-your-ground law, he did not spend any time in jail. He did not have any penalty assessed against him. You see, when we become angry, we can say and do a lot of things that have such far-reaching consequences, and it can be so destructive to the lives of others. So here is a principle I think that can be helpful. As the other person gets out of control, I need to de-escalate the situation that I find myself in. So remember these words from Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath. I wonder what would have happened if those two men had heeded that statement. The consequences of their action were devastating to both of them. One lost his life. The other would probably never forget what he had done in taking a life. But then think of the, the ripple effect to their families and the pain and anguish because of words spoken in anger. The final thing is we need to think about the power of words. In Genesis, we read this statement. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. I love those words. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. When you think about it, the tree of life is a rich um, concept that is used in Scripture. It was present in the Garden of Eden. It was God's gift to Adam and Eve, and he said, enjoy this garden, this creation forever. There was the tree of life. But then there was also the sin of Adam and Eve when they took from the tree of the forbidden fruit, and they were banned from the garden forever. But then there was the tree of Calvary, which was the cross upon which Jesus died. And though it was intended as an instrument of death, it has become a tree of life. For the words spoken through that instrument, the tree of life, the words are, you are forgiven, the words of Jesus. 
And those are the words that bring healing to our life. So think about the words that we speak. They can bring healing and hope into people's lives. A number of years ago, I was at a breakfast meeting, and the guest speaker was Ken Blanchard. He is well known as a businessman, he is well known as an academic, and he's also known as an author. He wrote the book called The One Minute Manager. And one of the things that he did is that he was invited to speak into a grocery chain that was going through a lot of difficulties and uh, struggles. And he came to speak to these people. And as he spoke to them, he came up with this text. And the text is found in Proverbs 25, verse 11. Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word aptly spoken. Or sometimes it's said, a word spoken at the right time is like apples of gold in settings of silver. And he began to speak about how valuable words were and how powerful they were, and they could be used to reach the customers. And he said to them, why not find ways of greeting the customers each day so that can be an encouragement into their life? Among the staff of that grocery store, and there were about several hundred employees, was a young man who had a learning disability. And his, his uh, task in the grocery store was to bag the groceries. This young man's name was Johnny. And Johnny listened to what Blanchard said. He went home to his dad that night, and he said, I would like to be able to say some words of encouragement to people as they come into our grocery store each day. But I'm not sure that I'll get it outright. Could you help me? So his dad sat down on the computer and they wrote out a phrase every night and he made several hundred copies. Just little slips of paper that Johnny kept in his pocket. About a month later, Blanchard went back to the grocery store. And while he was there, he noticed that there was a long lineup of people at the checkout counter. And he said to people, why don't you move to some of the other counters that aren't so busy? And they said, oh no, we're quite happy to go there. And they, he inquired of them, why do you want to go there? And they said, because every day that we come here, this young man, Johnny, has a slip of paper with a word of encouragement that he gives to us. And at the end of it, he says, I hope this will make your day better. He spoke to another person. She said, I used to shop here once a week, but now I come every day because I need that word of encouragement for Johnny. It started to spread throughout the store. People working in the floral department, if a flower was broken off a stem, they would take that flower and they would go to people in the store and they would say, here, I'd like to give you this flower for the day. It began to transform that store. If what Johnny was doing can happen in a grocery store, I am convinced it can happen anywhere. So this week, 
Why don't you try it out? There are people all around you, maybe in your family, maybe in your place of work, in your neighborhood, in the grocery store, who just need a word of encouragement. A word spoken at the right time to the right person and in the right spirit is like apples of gold in settings of silver. It is so precious, so significant, that that's the only language that can begin to describe it. That's the power of words. May God grant to us the ability to know when to speak, to speak wisely, and that our words bring healing and restoration. Let's pray together. Lord God, we are grateful to know that your words can bring healing into people's lives. Thank you that you have brought those healing words into our lives. And may by your Spirit we be so transformed that we will speak words that are healing and helpful and full of encouragement to others. Make us sensitive to those who are around us in this coming week that we might be your people who bring that hope. For we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And now as you go forth in this week, may God give you words that will bring that healing and hope. As you have experienced that hope in your life, may it continue day after day. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 10.30 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.